This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Fuck you. Fuck you with this shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did not think that it would give you PTSD. <laughs> I did not think that my heart felt really intensely searched, procured perfume would give you PTSD. <laughs> See how I changed that up? See how I flipped that up? Oh, what a transition. Arthi's talking about my review of... Her present to me. Which I still have here. Yeah, but you were already talking to other people and saying that you're going to white elephant gift it. (laughs) (laughs) And you're already passing. You're like, I'm going to re-gift it. You might be on the list for my re-gifting. You're already planning re-gifting it. Okay, so here's here's what happens. I am so hurt. And Karen Huger is even more hurt, okay? (laughs) You just broke two hearts. Here's what happens when you have one social media account for your podcast that you share with your co-host and then I'm glad now I know you, what you think and how you your, talk and your co-host you're a re-gifter you, <laughs> sends you a gift which you happen to review on your page and then your friends that you know in real life message you about it and then you go I'm going to give this to you during White Elephant this winter and then you don't realize that your co-host is going to read the message <laughs> I don't care. No. Yes, First of all, this is going to oh. Ben and Ronnie. Yeah. When we have the live show, I'm going to bring it and spritz people. Yeah. By the we're way, it's have a it. gigantic perfume. Yeah. I think we could go through a whole live show audience of like 200, 300 uh, of, you know, when our pod daddies have their live show, which I hope they do soon. Yeah. Um. By the way, happy birthday, Ronnie. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's when um, we will have it in the ante room. We will be we will be spritzing people in the line trying to get in for the VIP line. You get a spritz of the Ladam. Yeah, if, if whenever Watch Crappens goes back on tour and you want to hang out with us, just follow your nose and go to your closest Drakkar Noir for women. And... <laughs> Whatever smells like that, just yeah, that's where we'll be. Yeah. Okay, listen. First of all, you guys, you have to go and watch my review, and then you can rage with Arthi because I'm such a bitch. Um, but you know, my my thoughts are my thoughts, and I can't help that I have. What do you call? Is it? It's not. It's, yeah, is I it thought auditory? you would say it's it's potpourri. No, it's not potpourri, honey. What are you talking about? I, what what do you call like your your sense of smell? Is it uh, it's is it oratory? Olfactory. 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 <laughs> my my olfactory trigger happens uh-huh. to be this really yes. intense. Smell. I ex- yeah, I expected you to say. Well, I was fine until the brute review, and I was like, yeah, that's about what I expected of it. <laughs> but then you came back and you said, "This gives me PTSD," <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh." 
what the fuck? I didn't send you a gift to cause PTSD and stress. We both gave the gift of smell to each other. Yes, we for did. For our birthdays. Yeah. And the one I got was much better than the one you got. So. <laughs> Sucks to be you because I got <laughs> Tiffany Moon's candle. So sucks to be you. You got you got like serotonin and I got like <laughs> I'm gonna vomit in the back of my dad's 1989 Buick. <laughs> you got Teddy Mellencamp <laughs> smelling after starvation diet ketone <laughs> ketone smell. <laughs> Uh, gosh. Mm. All right. Well, today we are talking about Real Housewives of New York and Beverly Hills. We're actually recording on a Wednesday night, which we never do. Yes. We usually record on Thursdays. So I just watched Beverly Hills. So I'm going to talk about Beverly Hills first. So that's okay. Because, cool. yeah, I watched and then I had to watch Chatroom because Fancy Pants was on. Oh. So I appreciated that. I appreciate Fancy Pants coming back. I just wish she was with a different franchise and wasn't with OC. Yes. And I wish... She was surrounded by people that were just as fancy as her. Yeah, I think that would have been a lot more fun. I think she and Stutton Strack would have hit it off. I think that would have made for a great TV to watch oh Fancy God. Pants, Heather, and Sutton. Yes, and they would go so well. They would either outsnob each other yeah. or they would actually team up. No, they would 100% team up. I think that they would team up because I think they would both look at each other and go, I'm not dealing with Dorit. She doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, I want to see Heather listen to Dorit talk and go, that doesn't make any sense. She did. That's pretty much what she did in the chat room. She oh, was she, like, she, she talked about it. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. What did you she say? Did. She pretty much said, yeah, Dory talks a lot. If Garcelle is telling you that you're talking a lot, you're taking over your, the word that Fancy Pants used was a fancy word. She said, Dory causes a filibuster. Yes. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> I she love said, her. Dorit goes on and on. She calls it a filibuster. So if that's what happens and people don't get to say their what their thoughts are, then they are well within their rights to tell her to shut the fuck up. So here's the thing also about Heather. I think that Fancy Pants would also, she is somebody who would go, oh, there's an actual criminal on my cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not filming yeah. with this person. You know what I Correct. mean? Like, you yeah. know that she quit, she quit OC because of Kelly Dodd. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. think it was because of Kelly, but I think she also noticed that the trash level on OC was becoming next level. Correct. And she couldn't um, elevate that group. No. She said she's still friends with Tamara. She calls Tamara her housewife maker, like a vampire maker. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and she said she's still friends with Tamara and she still loves her. And I was like, okay. Mm. But sometimes you have to love people that will, in contrast to them, you look better. Yeah. So you keep people around that will make you look good because they look so bad. That's so true. I think that's how that's the purpose that Tamara serves for uh, Fancy Pants. But yeah, I would have loved for her to be at the Beverly Hills lunch. I think she would do well in Beverly Hills. She likes to be in OC because she's queen of OC. She becomes the queen when she's around. Yeah, for sure. So on this episode, first of all, we had way too much Rena and her family. And I just have to say, I don't care about Rena and her daughters. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. care. Since Teddy has gone, now my next person who's really boring to me now is Rena for some reason. She's so boring and she's so predictable in every single, even in group scenes, she's extremely predictable. She's not bringing anything fresh or new to the table anymore. She, she has like, she's like a, she's like a soundboard 
of like Rinna mm-hmm. sayings that she just like yeah. hits. Gorgeous. Yeah. Oh my God. It's yum. like, yeah. Oh, it's like the it. staples, the little staples thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a staples button that she said. Staples button. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, I'm so bored with Rena, and it's such a shame because, as ever, I've said before, Rena used to be one of my favorites. But essentially, this whole episode, you had two different setups happening. You had the Erica versus Sutton setup starting to happen, and then the Dorit versus Garcelle. So, Dorit mm. visits Crystal, and I just want to mm. point out that Dorit doesn't know how to use chopsticks. Yep. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. So Crystal made this delicious looking little appetizer dish. It looks so yeah. yummy. They zoom in on Dorit using chopsticks. And I was like, oh, what happened to you, uh, child of the world? Yeah, child of the world doesn't know chopsticks. Because she has people who work for her that hold the chopsticks for her. She was she was holding it like this. She was like, yeah. She was like, and, and I'm actually doing it correctly because I instinctively know how to hold fucking chopsticks. And she didn't know how to do it. But this is where Dorit brings up the fact that she's having issues with Garcelle and she brings Mm -hmm. it all with the discussion around the dinner at Kyle's and she acts Mm -hmm. like asking questions at dinner was such a bad idea, but she pins it all on Garcelle for some reason, which is like, do you guys realize that you're being filmed? Yeah, it was Sutton who asked the questions and Garcelle just pointed out that Dorit was being a hypocrite. That's all. And also, Dorit is acting like asking questions at that dinner was a bad idea when Dorit at her own fucking house sat Mm -hmm. with Garcelle and Sutton and the whole crew and said, we need to ask questions and the next time we're going to see her is going to be at Kyle's house. Yeah. So, Dorit, this is your idea, and now you're trying to pin it on Garcelle because yeah. you are a yeah. fucking spineless puddle of wigs. Right. Bad wigs. Her wigs this season have been really terrible. Her fashion, too, I have to say. I have not been very... I've not enjoyed them. No, Last season, either. she did well. This season, she felt like... I felt like she was digging deeper and finding fashion that wasn't quite right for her. Yeah. Maybe it is because of the bad hair hair job that it, yeah, her fashion not, fails. Possibly. Because the hairstyles don't quite go with what she's wearing. Her wig is not moving, which is a sign of a bad wig. It looks like a That's helmet true. on her head. Then we see Erica at home cleaning because, you know, Erica, she's just a regular girl. Do you gal. wipe the bottom of your refrigerator every time you vacuum and walk by the refrigerator? Do you bend down and wipe the bottom of your refrigerator? Let me tell you something I don't understand about white people, okay? Yeah. What's the point of all this vacuuming if you're just going to wear your outside shoes inside your house? Exactly. I think maybe that's why they vacuum so much. Because I mean, they, they wear the a lot outside. too because we cook yeah. a lot. I, I vacuum because my fucking dog sheds like <laughs> she's on menopause or she's like Joe, Joe Gorga or something. She just sheds all over the place. So I have to keep vacuuming all the time and swiffering all the time. But having said that, Erica was like, oh, single lady, single woman. This is what I do. Single woman. And I'm like, oh, no, you meant to say poor woman. You meant to say poor Poor woman. Because Sutton is a single woman who does not need yes, to Yes, who doesn't need to do that. <laughs> and also, it's the pandemic poor woman where you literally have nothing else going on. You All yeah. you have is lawyer meetings. So all you have to do is vacuum like one little stretch at a time. Yeah. Also, like she goes, oh, maybe if I was having some good sex, I'd care. I wouldn't care about this. But I'm like, but you haven't been having good sex ever, according to your stories. According to your stories. So yeah. when people say that, I 
feel like they're having good sex and they just want to deflect. So I feel like she's having a she's having a go at Army Hammer next door. Oh. And she's just saying, you know, I'm not having sex. I'm not having good sex. I haven't had sex for so long. Is Harold okay? He's just been so weird today. Oh, it's okay. So Rina comes over because it's Kyle's birthday. Kyle also comes over and Erica has put out a cake. I just want to point out that Rina enjoys cake and she looks like Monica from Friends. You know that that episode of Friends where Rachel makes that terrible trifle with the mm-hmm. meat and Monica has to pretend to love it and rub her belly? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's your Rina and she just like she goes, oh, yum. And I'm like, nobody believes you. I was watching a Rina uh, Instagram dance with Harry Hamlin, <laughs> where Ham- Harry eventually starts dancing too. So she's like, "Watch till the end." So I was like, "What's going to happen?" He's watering his plants, and then he starts dancing. And she turns at one point, and she is like literally perpendicular to the camera, and she literally looks like a single line. You, yeah. you. There's no dimension. You just no. lose her. Yeah. And I was thinking that cake had more dimension than <laughs> she did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the cake had like, more width than she does. And I'm not like, here's the thing. I think that Rena might, I don't want to like insinuate that Rena has like an eating disorder, but I think that for somebody who has spent all this time making her daughter's eating disorder a storyline, it's just like bizarre to me that this woman literally never eats. She yeah. never eats. She never eats. She fills up on uh, on pills. I think she gets a nutrition in pills. Oh, yeah, you're right. I think so, too. Yeah. I bet she's like, yeah. she does like a smoothie. She does like smoothie, lots of coffee, all her pills. And all her pills. And she gets her vitamins and minerals. And she's she's the calorie restriction goddess. I think it's called starvation. She's going to outlive all of us because she's on that diet. I don't think so. <laughs> she's going to smell and she's going to look terrible, but she's going to outlive us. She's going to be like a dried up raisin. Oh, gross. Well, that's yeah. terrible for me. Mm-hmm. Um, then, essentially, Rinna and Kyle pin it all on Sutton about why there were so many questions being asked at dinner. So Dorit is at Crystal's house pinning it on Garcelle. Mm-hmm. Kyle and Rinna are pinning it on Sutton at Crystal's yeah. house or at Erica's house. And Erica talks about how the champagne glasses are the last thing she and he's he he may come back come for them. I'm like, no, he's calling you and begging you to get back together. Okay, how yeah, can you do that? Yes, let's talk about that. So again, we're talking about now the affair, the other mm-hmm. women and the text messages mm-hmm. that she saw. So she says that for some reason, why is Yolanda being brought up again? And Yolanda's like, leave this me alone. This is the second time she's saying that everything started falling in place with Yolanda. Yolanda said to me and Yolanda did that to yeah. me. She, this is the second time she's doing so that. So she's insinuating that now, what, seven years ago, six years ago, mm-hmm. or this was, I guess, around the time Yolanda was getting a divorce. So this is only like three, four years ago. And she says that she left Yolanda's condo because Yolanda said something like, the boys they stick together she went Mm -hmm. home she picked up tom's phone she opened it up and there it was all of the evidence and i was like which phone were you picking up was tom using like a nokia from 1998 Mm -hmm. why did Mm -hmm. he have this phone it was probably his disposable phone that he bought cheap possibly just to text potentially but then she's like Mm -hmm. yeah at that point i wanted to leave but i couldn't leave because how was i gonna leave and then i started accumulating my own wealth okay fine i believe that part maybe but at that point she decided let me get my own money and then figure out a way to leave but then she says you know i knew that tom will just drive you to the ground if you do something like that to him Mm -hmm. 
okay, you're still standing by the story that Tom will drive you to the ground if you if you leave him like this. But you also just told us a couple of weeks ago that this man is still calling you, asking you to come home. Right. So pick a lane. He's either yeah. this pit bull in the courtroom who mm -hmm. has all these connections, who's going to drive you to the ground, Erica, yeah. and you are this like poor woman who needs to like save her money and pick her pennies and hide them underneath the sofa for the day that you can leave in the night from your abusive husband. Or yeah. he's this man with dementia who's begging you to come home. Which she one is talks it? Of him, she talks of him as if he was a mafia lord and she yeah. had to leave. She was waiting to leave. She was also, like like you said, squirreling away money and then uh, suddenly realized that he was having dementia and this was the great time for her to make the great escape in the middle of the night and that's how she did it. But at least, you know, you should have at least uh, spent some time on that story. You didn't do that either because right now, this morning, you're talking about how Tom would drive you to the ground. But just the previous night when you were in the other, other dinner, you were talking about how Tom has dementia and he's a trouble soul. And you were making up all the excuses for Tom, which is why Garcelle brought up her sister and talked about how this should be about the victims and not about Tom. Yes. Because Erica was actively still defending Tom. Yes. When it came to those lawsuits. The only time she is against Tom is when it comes to the divorce. Yes. Then she is like, oh, yeah, he's a horrible person. But when it comes to the victim, she's like, oh, he has dementia. I don't know what he's going through. I don't know what the man has That's done. That's such a good point. That's such so a good like, point. It's like it's like two different uh, versions of Erica and Tom. It's when it is about the victim and their money, Tom yep. is has dementia. And, oh my God, he's. I've told him I've tried to get him help and he won't get it. But when it's about her money and her divorce, then Tom is a monster. It, oh my God, that is such a good point. That is such a good point. E either she wants to be put in line ahead of everybody else, ahead of all mm -hmm. the victims to get the money and mm -hmm. get her due. Or she says, oh, but he doesn't owe anybody anything. Mm -hmm. He doesn't owe anyone yeah. anything. He's just a we don't man. know where is the he money. Basically, Where's she basically the money. That's yeah, what she says. Essentially, what she's doing is she, she wants to say that Tom doesn't owe anybody any money except for his wife, who has been suffering yeah. in this abusive marriage right. for twenty because, years. Because at the at the Christmas dinner, she says we don't know what this man has done. Yep. As if he is still he, he's still innocent until proven guilty, and that's why she's bringing that up. We don't know what he what he has done, and we don't know where the money is. Bitch, I can't. This lady. <sighs> now we go to the Rena Beauty party, which I have to mm -hmm. say, I know that Crystal planned it for her, but didn't mm -hmm. it look like LVP's parties? It did. All the all the pink, pink flowers, the pool, and the the lips floating in the pool reminded me of uh, LVP's, you know, swan in the pool. Yeah, um, all of that, which is fine. But I was also like, Rena should be kissing Crystal's ass for even putting that together. When I know that Rena couldn't have afforded all of that. No way. No way. Yeah. They have all these drinks. Erica gets the no apologies. Mm-hmm. Because Erica yeah. still doesn't give any fucks, yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah. None. Not one. Yeah. Yep. Sutton orders a slutty buddy butthole. <laughs> I heard it as slutty, too. As, like, <laughs> slutty buddy. And But also, slutty buddy, what does that mean? Like, Sutton? Yeah, slutty. Slutty buddy. Slutty buddy. But yeah. why butthole? 
I don't know, but it makes me adore son. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I wanted that. It makes you want to take champagne and put some vodka in it, which is what you should do when you go on your Vegas trip soon. I'm gonna try it. A sorry, buddy, but <laughs> it makes me happy because it seems like she's the kind of person who's like, I'm a lady and I'm rich. But also, if you talk about like farts and poop, she might be like, Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> I don't know. Something's growing on me. I'm sorry. She yeah, is. me too. Now we get to the meat of the fight. Everybody's having this beautiful luncheon, and Doree uh, starts just going herself for no fucking reason. Okay, hold on for a second. So this was supposed to be the Rena Beauty launch, but there's no talk of Rena Beauty at all, other than all the different logos and everything. <laughs> and the woman that Rena Beauty, Rena did the beauty stuff with, she comes, she toasts <laughs> Rena, says how great Rena is, but she said, "You did it, bitch," and that's about it. What did she do? What is she launch? What is Rina Beauty? None of that. And then the woman is kicked out of the yeah. show. They're She's like, like bye she bye. Comes, <laughs> okay, bye bye. You're not even there for the the luncheon that's associated with the Rina Beauty lunch. They don't even feed her. They give her a nasty glass of champagne. champagne. And they're like, bye, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> we gotta go do real work. Okay. I know. It was like, oh yeah. <laughs> I love it. So then we get to this fight with Dorit and Garcelle. Dorit, for some reason, has decided, you know what? Today I'm just going to pick a fight with Garcelle for some reason. I think Dorit realized they were towards the end of the uh, season and she's like, I haven't done anything. I'll get fired. Let me say something. Yeah. It's like too much venom, too much vitriol coming at the very, for no particular reason, calling Garcelle a bully. Yeah, it was just too much, Dorit. There was no, there was so much produced outrage. There was more also... outrage for how Garcelle talked to Dorit than Dorit had for Erica and what she was saying, the lies that Erica's told. It's bizarre. So Dorit says that it, Garcelle, she feels bullied by Garcelle, and I have to point out, like, bully is a word that white women weaponize, mm-hmm. and I really fucking hate it. Okay. I can't stand it. She said that. Now I was just like, ah, oh, brother, this white lady shit. Like, I can't. I, 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 it's a, it's a word that is used a lot in, uh, in the U.S. in general. It's something that they use a lot here. They do, but it's specifically a word that white women use a lot here. It's mm. like a suburban mom word. It's a PTA word. It's a P- word yes. that comes up in a lot of PTA yes. meetings. <laughs> That's what I mean. And it's so annoying. Like, Dorit, actually, like, I want to say, like, Garcelle's not the bully. Dorit is a bully. But Dorit is not a bully. Dorit is, like, a tone-deaf imbecile. Mm -hmm. She's, like, a tone-deaf, out-of-touch imbecile. Who She lives beyond her means. She thinks Mm -hmm. she's fooling everyone by talking a lot. And the only Mm -hmm. person she's fooling is herself because everybody's looking at her like she is a fool. Like, the amount of talking she does, it's because she is trying to prove to people that she's somebody that she's not. Yeah, and I think Garcelle does the right thing, and she's like, I am? Why didn't you explain to me? She knows that uh, uh, Dorit is going to go on and on and on. 
Yeah. And, you know, people are sitting around and even Kyle's face was so clear. Kyle was like, yep, you talk a lot. What Garcelle is saying about you is right. But nobody comes to Garcelle's aid. Nobody co-signs with Garcelle. They just say, oh, we've had issues with Dorit, but they don't say this is what we agree with you, Garcelle. They but never they also say don't say we agree with you to Dorit. To Dorit. Because yeah. I think they're watching Dorit be like, this is really stupid. Yes. So Dorit <laughs> says that she feels bullied by Garcelle and then also and then when Garcelle's like what are you talking about she's like Mm. oh because you say that I talk too much Mm. and then she's like everybody here says that you talk too much she goes yeah but when you do it I feel bullied and she goes okay I guess if I have said it in some way or when I have said it in some way and then Dorit's like oh if you have and it's so stupid because she picks yeah. up on it after Garcelle's already corrected herself. So it's like, right. again, just another example of Garcelle, of Dorit not listening. Mm-hmm. But then Garcelle basically says, yeah, I guess if I've done it that way or when I've done it that way, if that's hurt your feelings, I'll change that. And then mm-hmm. Dorit says, I just, you know, I also just wish that you would be honest. And then Garcelle's like, but I am being honest with you. And when I'm being honest with you, you're telling me that I'm a bully. And then yeah. because Dorit realizes that she doesn't have a leg to stand on, she brings up the Palm Springs thing with Erica. And that's yes. when Garcelle says, go fuck yourself, basically. Yeah. And I loved it. <laughs> yeah, because the way it goes about is Garcelle says, tell me what I did. So Dorit tells all the different instances where Garcelle specifically addressed Dorit. Yeah. And Garcelle says, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I yeah. meant that. Yeah. I meant it. I, yeah, you talk too much. I meant it. Yeah. And so then Dorit is like taken aback because because Garcelle does not refute it. Yeah. Dorit doesn't know where to take that. So then she tries to involve the others by saying, oh, and then you went after, I saw what you did with Kyle last year. And this year you went after Erica. And she's like, and you know, that's when Garcelle is like, you know, very well, this was produ- producer driven. You know what happened in the back end. Yeah. And you are bringing this up again because you don't have a leg to stand on. So fuck you. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. And then of yeah. course, when Garcelle mm-hmm. says, you know what happened, Dorit is like, I don't know what happened. And this is again, like the third or fourth time that crystals had to explain herself again Mm -hmm. and i want to point out that like there's something very triggering there for me watching this because white ladies love to not listen to people of color when they have been in your workplace yeah in workplace it happens so much you end up having to go back and say the same thing you said multiple times and still not be believed yes it's very triggering and it makes me feel like it makes me feel bad it makes me feel really bad for garcelle obviously it makes me feel really bad for crystal too because crystal's like i've already explained this to you mm-hmm. like i already told you what happened and now there's a never before scene where crystal's like sobbing in palm springs because she keeps mm-hmm. trying to explain to them what happened mm-hmm. and Dorit is an imbecile because she keeps putting crystal back in that position right. but at this point for some reason erica snaps at sutton because sutton tries to <laughs> help clarify yeah she's but it's so great because erica snaps and son son just laughs at her like okay crazy (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love it does she say she says like you have to go get some legal advice on that (laughs) what yeah she's like why don't you go get some real legal advice shut up miss uh my small time reputation shut the fuck up it's like that has nothing to do with anything. Like, <laughs> why are you snapping at Sutton? Sutton's not yeah. being any different. And yeah. she's, like, getting mad at Sutton about the reputation thing when Sutton already told her at the dinner, I want to To her careful, face. To her yeah. face. 
Yeah. It's just, it's so stupid. Basically, the party, the the discussion ends with Dorit looking so stupid because Dorit really tried to do something. And I think, I'm sure that she was, like, so proud of herself for, like, having a moment. Yeah. (laughs) She looks so stupid. It's funny because Garcelle's sitting there, like, almost astonished at the stupidity. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't believe this is actually happening. Yeah. And I'm glad that uh, even in the previous dinner, Sutton did address Dorit immediately and said, did you throw me under the bus? Yeah. I think Dorit has been called, Dorit's lies have been called out so much that it's finally she had to address it. And the way she addressed it was by tagging um, Garcelle, which just backfired on her. It, It didn't get her anywhere. Exactly. I don't know what she was trying to achieve with that. It, it She didn't achieve anything. It was a big, big fail. <laughs> big, big fail. Now we see Kathy and Kyle having this like lovely moment at Kathy's house. The best part about it is Kyle brings up this event, the Rena Beauty fight with Garcelle and Dory, and we find out that Kathy didn't notice or care. <laughs> Kathy was fixing her lipstick and she missed the entire fight. <laughs> so, they, so she's not even listening. No, no, she's not. She's it, not it, even do, listening. Do you think that Kathy is hard of hearing and that's why she she misunderstands and she doesn't know what's happening? The whole hunky dory, you know, stuff and the way she talks and everything. I think. It, it, do you think that she's hard of hearing? No, I think that uh, Kathy just doesn't care. Yeah, you think or you think it's just rich lady syndrome? You know, why not a little bit of both? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) And we find out that there was a lip reader that came to the event. Why did they also? They also find out that the lip reader just Googled them before she told them that she. I want more of that so, lip reader. I want the lip reader, and I want the moment that the lip reader said, "You know what, guys? I just googled you." She I just, just read the, the she read the book that Les re- read the House of Hilton or whatever that was called. Yeah, and then Kathy brings up about the stuff about American women, and we find out that the reason why Kyle and Kathy didn't talk for almost ten years, and Kathy gets kind of emotional about it. Yeah. I believed it. I, I believed it too. I think Kathy, it's, it's sometimes when you have multiple siblings, and I'm sure it happens with you too. Yes. Yes. You, as being the younger sibling, have a very different relationship and experience of your parents. So you yes. perceive things about your parents that is very different from what your older siblings might have um, gone through. Because the older siblings oftentimes are, the first sibling, obviously the oldest, um, have spent more time with your parents and has seen them at at a younger age, their younger age. He's He or she has watched them go through more stuff. Yeah. And they have a whole other understanding of the parents than the younger siblings do. Yeah. And that's definitely true for myself and my sister, even though she's just two years younger than me. I remember and know a lot more about my parents than she does. Yes. And she has a whole other relationship with both of my parents. So it's an aspect of where Kyle had a different relationship with her mother and her perception of the family and how the girls interacted and how the mother interacted with the girls is very different from how Kathy perceives it. And so Kathy is very hurt by the portrayal that Kyle brought to the screen. Now, I think that it's funny because... As you're, as you're talking about this and thinking about the dynamic between me and my siblings, and mm-hmm. I'm the youngest, right? And mm-hmm. me and my middle sibling, I guess, 
Mm-hmm. We probably have a more similar view of our parents, mm-hmm. but we have a very, we have the ability to love our parents' fl- faults and all and talk about their faults yes. in a loving way. Mm-hmm. And, and we know that those faults don't change them or mm-hmm. they don't soil our view of them because mm-hmm. we still love our parents. Yeah. It's not black and white for us. It's much more mm-hmm. nuanced. Whereas with my eldest sibling, it's very straightforward. Like you love your parents and you don't talk about the bad stuff. And I definitely got that from Kathy because she says, Kyle's trying to tell her like this American woman was a love letter to mom. Mm-hmm. And Kathy is picking up on little, little things that came up on the show that mm-hmm. she thought was offensive because you just don't talk about those things. Don't talk about those things because what Kathy's worried about is don't talk about Big Kathy because when you talk about Big Kathy, people Google shit and then shit mm-hmm. about our family comes up. Why even yeah. bother talking about her? Just leave it yeah. alone. And I think yeah. that's that's what Kathy is worried about. Yeah. It's not like she cares that Kyle did or said anything bad. It's not that. It's just like leave the past in the past. Don't keep bringing up our mom because when you do, all of our dirt comes out. And I think mm-hmm. that she also is very sensitive to – we know if you please go listen to Reality Reading Rainbow and listen to the episodes that Les did on House of Hilton. It's really insightful. And he had somebody who he knows who is real life friends with or was real life friends with Big Kathy on his show. So we know that Big Kathy wasn't a good person. We know that she put Kim in really horrible situations when she mm-hmm. was coming up in the industry. So Kim is very sensitive to it. And I think Kathy is sensitive to yeah. Kim's situation and i think those are very much like the unsaid words that are happening between them mm-hmm. and i yeah. and i definitely felt that but yeah it did kind of break my heart for kathy when she started crying and she said the worst part of those 10 years where we barely talked was just not being together and she says what yeah or yeah. she says what a waste it was what a waste yeah well kathy tries to cry poor, poor thing it was like it was too much botox it wasn't but she's crying. In, but she's definitely inside. crying. Yeah. She's crying. It was just don't see the tears. It's hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, did you did you watch New York? I did. I barely watched New York because I fell asleep in the it middle was, of it and I had to restart it. Was it was not a lot. It was, it was one of the – it was a hard one to be excited about or be enthused about. New York is sort of fizzling out. It's like losing steam and – I don't know what to make of it. I know there's a lot of speculation online, but I don't think any of that is necessarily true. I hope it's growing pains and not because it's suffering and it's going to die. Oh, I I don't think it's going to die. Yeah, I I hope it's growing pains and they come back stronger. But this episode was very slow. This episode was filler footage. Nothing. Yeah, nothing much happened. It was filler footage. It was was absolutely nothing happened. Mm -hmm. We had a four-week break. Because Sonia got well, COVID. Well, but Leah has, a, Leah has COVID. It's Don't like, bitch, come on Zoom and do your Shabbat dinner yeah. prayers. But with, uh, with um, you know, Sonia, it was like, no, this is too infectious. Let's just, everybody take a break for four yeah, weeks. Also, like, <laughs> we need Sonia on 100%. We can't have Sonia, you know, in, in mm. like 20% capacity or whatever. Yeah. I love the fact that Sonia got COVID, but she and she talks about the COVID experience of like, oh, I got so sick and it was so terrible. But she also talks about like loving all of the attention she got. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like 
Sonia, when she says Ramona called the ambulance and she, yes. you know, took care of me, she's not so much like, oh, Ramona, Ramona cares, and so Ramona is so helpful. It's more like, oh, finally, Ramona noticed me. Finally, I had to go get COVID, and then finally, people notice and love me. Ramona, on the other hand, thinks of Sonia as what could be her. It could be her. She could be the one alone living in her house where she could be. So I think when Ramona sees Sonia alone, sick in her apartment with no one to take care of her, that's her worst fear for Ramona. Yes. So she is there taking care of Sonia. She's getting like her karmic points. Yes. And it's also... It's also like this could happen to me and that's why I want to help her. Yeah. But she she is shit scared. The other thing I this episode really highlighted for me was when Sonia is sick and Ramona is talking to her and then Luann and uh, Ebony came over and Luann is talking to Sonia about her sickness and all that. I just suddenly realized these three women are old. They look young because they've done <laughs> Botox, but... Deep inside, they're old and the conversations they are having right now is the conversations you would have in the Florida senior home. Yes. That's like mentally they're still old. They haven't just because they have fixed up everything on the outside doesn't mean that internally they have they are not old. They probably have a ton of comorbidities because of their lifestyles. Yes, but forget about the comorbidities too. It's the thinking and the way they talk and what they find amusing and what they find, you know, like normal conversation. Normal conversation is Sonia on that date with that fool and uh, people talking about their aches and pains. (laughs) So we're like Sonia. Yeah, but also we are getting to be there. But also, I, it was like, it really struck me that Sonia was so happy that somebody took care of her to the point where she was in tears. She's like, I was able to reflect on myself and I was thinking, why am I so mean to, I love them, but I'm always mean to Luann and Ramona. And she does that hot mic, hot mic thing with her phone when she doesn't hang up. Which, by the way, is not a big deal. Luann talks about it as if she said something terrible. Right. And she admitted to Luann right away when she got caught. Yeah. She said, yeah, I'm so mean to you. And Luann was laughing about it. Yeah. But then Luann thinks, oh, I can make a storyline out of this. Exactly. I can make something out of this. Yeah, exactly. So it's all fu- full outrage. Yes, <laughs> it is. I think also it, it was just a strange episode because we haven't seen Lou, we haven't seen Leah and Ramona together since Sh- Black Shabbat. Mm-hmm. And we don't see any resolution. And you would think that Leah, as somebody who is trying to convert to Judaism, after that display that Ramona had, she would have had some words. They would have had some sort of situation. But we never saw any resolution of that. And this is yeah. sort of the same issue that I had with, like, the whole thing happening with Heather, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Heather came into the show. This whole thing happened. And then we never saw it again. We never saw yeah. any follow-up to what happened. And I think yeah. that's what sort of has been annoying because now Leah comes in and everybody's like, oh, look at our little baby, our little baby. Like yeah. they're all, everybody's like hunky-dory. And like <laughs> it's just, it just seems really strange. The four weeks off, I was very confused about it. I wasn't quite sure. I guess, yeah, they're filming this in February. But like, I don't know. It just... but it was- 
There's yeah. there's a very it's, it's very clear that there is something happening in the back with production or something mm. that we're not seeing that is causing these bizarre cuts and clunky storylines right. and this kind and, of a sleeper episode. Yeah, and like bringing Leah's parents and brother into it. Like we don't need that scene. We don't need any of that. There was no. not there was no necessity for that. The only necessity there is that I do love when Leah's mom picks on her. But she didn't even pick enough for me to want that particular <laughs> scene. It wasn't enough. If you're there, Leah's mom, do a good job of it. You know, go hard at Leah because that's what's fun. But it's not. It wasn't. <laughs> and then it felt like the Black Shabbat dinner did something to the production behind the scenes where they suddenly realized they had to bring back Bershon. Yes. So it was like the four week, week, yeah, hiatus, and then Bershan comes back, and they're all revisiting the beginning of the uh, of the season at Ramona's house. Yes, they want to go back there to redo, re sort of cleanse the room and just have a whole other conversation. But I don't know if next week is going to be all fun and it's not going to be any drama and it's going to end on a high note it's going to be very odd for them to then have a reunion where they go back to the black shabbat or go back to any of that how are they going to have a reunion that's what i don't understand yeah usually by now by the time that we get to the finale Mm -hmm. of the episode we usually have on social media clips ramona's in aspen right now yeah what, what reunion what fucking reunion um, they have this Galentine's event, and mm. Ramona gives them. They said they were hideous, but honestly, I love a matching PJ. I liked set. it too. I liked it too. I was like, "What is? Are they why more should... like Ramona and Sonia than we are like Leah and Ebony?" I was like, "What's wrong with the material? It looks fine to me. It had a nice stripe, a slimming stripe on the side." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but then. They get have this like lovely tablescape, but they're sitting on the couch and eating. Yeah. Why? I don't understand that too. I was like, they're going to spill on it. And then Ramona is like, Luann, don't walk in in with your shoes on the beige carpet. But then she has it on the, on the, they're all sitting on the couches and the carpet there is like pale. And she has them drinking wine and eating food. I'm like, they're going to be spilling all over. Don't you know how clumsy they are? Also, why does Ramona care about Luann walking with shoes on on that carpet as if Ramona hasn't shat on that carpet? Right? Ramona, her dog, Sonia's dog, everybody has shadow that carpet of Sonia. Harry Dubin. <laughs> yeah, Harry Dubin. Oh my god. That was the other thing. Harry pin the pin the lips on Harry Dubin. Really? But Ramona's very offended because yeah. Harry's her good friend. And I was like, Ramona's not offended yeah. by anti-Semitism, racism, you yeah. know, classism, homophobia, nothing. No. Yeah. But if you make fun and- of her dear friend Harry Dubin. Yeah, the other thing was they all kept talking about Ramona's relationship with Harry Dubin, Sonia's relationship, and Luann's, and everybody was forgetting he was first the husband of Aviva Drescher. They don't talk about Aviva anymore. They They won't talk about a previous husband, but they especially will not talk about Aviva. But But that's where Harry came in. That's where we met Harry, right? We did meet Harry through Aviva, but the girls had already hooked up with Harry by the time Aviva came in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but we don't talk about housewives that are no longer on the show. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like maybe Bethany or Jill. Do you think Sonia should end up with Harry Dubin? No. Just make it permanent and just 
she looks sad when they bring him up she looks like she does miss him and there's like a relationship there maybe yeah but you know i don't know i think sonia just wants to be loved apparently harry dubin is only like 49 no no (laughs) that is impossible i'm looking it up that cannot be possible (laughs) harry dubin harry dubin age Somebody, I have already searched this before because Google he's just born in 1970. No, he's not. Yes. Harry's 50 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? That's a hard 50. Yeah. And Sonia's 57. Yeah. So I can see why, like, because Harry is so much younger than them, uh-huh. why they feel like, oh, he's like this young guy that we liked all day. Like, I think that. Uh-huh. When Sonia was, because no, Sonia, you said she's 57. Mm-hmm. She's so, seven years older than him. So when yeah. she was like in her 20s, he must have been in his teens. And when she was in her. Well, I don't think she was hooking up with her him in her tw- 20s. Yeah, but, but when, when he, she, she was, was in her 40s, mm-hmm. that was probably really enticing because yeah. they've been on this. Let's say they've been on the show for like 20 years or whatever. Yeah. And, you know. So like that, yeah. I can see that. I can see why Sonia at forty was hooking up with this thirty-three-year-old guy was like hot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's probably why. But John Adams Morgan is ninety years old and still not kicking the bucket and leaving Sonia any money. By the way, he has like a wife that's very young. That's true. He just keeps collecting blondes. <laughs> it's so gross. Yeah. Well, that's it for this week. We will yeah. be back with Potomac and Shaw's of Sunset Reunion Part 2 on Wednesday. That may be a little bit more in- eventful than this was. I can't believe our Houses of New York, first of all, ended on like a really lame to be continued. Yes. It was so lame. They're like, oh, why is Harry calling? Probably because Ramona texted him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just two seconds ago. Look at the text messages. Exactly. Yeah. So stupid. I just hated that to be continued. And yeah. it just. I just, I'm not sure about, first of all, I don't care about all of these rumors that keep dropping about Rojasas of New York. Mm -hmm. Stop posting stuff from Dumois, okay? Dumois reposts every single thing that anybody submits. People can submit anything. Anything, yeah. It's like Wikipedia. It's, yeah, it's not, it's complete nonsense. So Mm -hmm. stop with the Dumois. Mm -hmm. And I'm just over all of like the Rojasas of New York allegations every week mm-hmm. there's something new and it seems to be like they say a thing about Ramona then the next week they say oh, it's Ebony's fault they say a thing about Ramona oh it's mm-hmm. no it's the black woman's fault and it's just I'm so yeah. tired of it I hate it it's like this person did this and that person did this and this person uh, threatened to have you know sue Bravo I'm like yeah whatever yeah no they did yeah okay no. Ebony was just on yeah. Bravo chat room so no yeah no all right guys well that's it and we will yeah. talk to you next time. Yeah, and have fun in Vegas. Yeah, I'm going to be Are in you Vegas. taking their perfume with you to Vegas? You should. Yeah, sure. No, don't, because you will leave it there, <laughs> and I will never get to spritz it. I want to smell it. I think I'm I have a feeling. I'm going to take it on my carry-on. No, I'm going to take it on my carry-on, and they're going to say, man, this is too much liquid for the plane. You're going to have to throw this out. And I'm going to say, oh, no, I do. <laughs> No, I'm going to keep so it. so mean. I say that it's so much love. And you're constantly <laughs> trying to get rid of it. Ray almost blew out his backpacking list. <laughs> I know. He had to go all the way down into the basement to find that one bottle. Um, oh, I will go man. to Vanderpump Cocktail Garden. 
in Vegas. Nice. I'm going to see yeah. crazy baby Sheena's there. <gasps> that would be fun. Yeah. Take pictures. Take pictures. Yes. Lots of it. Have fun. Don't get COVID. Because okay. I want to come and see you soon in New okay. York. Yeah. And if you have COVID, I'm not coming. Well, we mask I'm gonna it up, have, I'm going to make you mail that perfume back to me. <laughs> So I can smell it, but I'm not coming there to smell it. Okay. All right. Okay, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.